0: Fire Force takes you behind enemy lines. It's Amigos, everything Amiga 296. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Fire Force. Yes. Now, oh my. Aaron... Have you ever been tempted to join up with uh, some of the
1: Special Forces units here in the United States? Who hasn't, Boat? If I was just going to, you know, because most of the time you can just walk right up and just join in. <laughs> so if I was going to do that, you know, I would probably go with the Rangers. You really? Know? Now, uh, now I wouldn't mind trying the Airborne Rangers because, you mm-hmm. know, my, uh, my uh, uh, grandpa was in the Airborne. Mm-hmm. He, he, he jumped out of planes, So over France, over Germany, the whole nine yards, he was in the old uh, paper airplane as they, the, you know, as they came down the gliders. Right. Uh, but the, after talking to him about that, I don't want to join the airport. It's all too bad. <laughs> so I, my, you know, I've got a friend, uh, shout out to big Stevie cool, my old buddy from back in Lexington. He is a, a, a actual factual, uh, ranger. And he used to tell me all the crap that they had to do just to get in the Rangers. Mm-hmm. In actuality, no. There's no way I could just walk up and be like, yeah, can I be in the Rangers? They would laugh and then pummel me. And I deserve it because because those guys are real men. I'm a little girly type man. But these guys, th- just to get in there, you've got to go through like deep woods training, mountain survival. There's bits where they just drop you off in the middle of nowhere. There's bits where they just basically torture you to make sure you know how to take a torture a good good old fashioned torturing. So yeah, that it's horribly difficult to get in. Uh, and many many attempt it and very very few are chosen because of the uh sheer uh difficulty of the task. What about you?
0: Well, when I'm in my basement down here, sometimes my hands get cold and I feel uncomfortable. So I feel like my my tolerance of uh, pain and just discomfort may disqualify me from the uh, the special forces units. Um, Maybe they
1: have a special forces like typing branch.
0: Yeah.
1: You know what I'm saying, or like
0: file clerk, or like
1: people that dust that you can get <laughs> in that. You know,
0: it's it's funny, Aaron. We hear a lot about the Rangers. We hear a lot about the Navy SEALs. You yeah. don't hear too much about the other special forces branch anymore. The Green Berets. They they're they're, yeah. they're still around, aren't they?
1: Yeah, well, are the green berets and the and the and the Rangers two different things? I don't even I know. I thought they
0: were. I thought the green berets were the were the Marines, the Rangers of the Army, and of course the SEALs are
1: the Navy. Listen, are you telling me that me and you aren't experts in the field <laughs> fil- of the military? <laughs> what a stunning revelation! No, I honestly, I don't know. I like their song, "Fighting Man," blah blah blah. You know the one. It sounds like the theme from F Troop. No, nope. <laughs> no. What? It's a song called The Green Berets. You've heard it. No?
0: Mm-mm. no. Sounds like a future uh, Patreon song. The end of song. the Civil War was near. I thought you were going into that.
1: No, 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 no. I hated F Troop, by the way. I never what? liked that show. I didn't like it. What about Hogan's Heroes? I didn't like that one either. Mm. I just never liked him. It's just such a stupid thing. That stuff's not funny. You're right. It's, it's not, not supposed funny. to be funny. It, it's You're a very a prim- strange
0: thing to make a you comedy know about.
1: Your, about. It, you know, Hogan's hero is particularly not funny. Yeah. For God's sakes. <laughs> You know, I'm telling you, having to have again going back to my grandfather, he was in a German military. Well, camp. It, not to mention, probably <laughs> a lot
0: of you know when Hogan's Heroes was filmed, the 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 war had not been over for too long. There yeah. were tons of people walking around that were there, and I don't know if they took too kindly to that or not.
1: So. That's an it really is an anomaly that show. Mm-hmm. You know, now granted, those were captured officers. Right. right. So you obviously they were treated
0: but, a little bit better. Uh, they were, you know, but but I mean, theory. still
1: at the yeah. end of the war, everyone got treated not good. And right. no one, no one was like, man, this is great. Let's stay in. Yeah. They, they were not doing that. <laughs> and also the Germans, there weren't a lot of Schultz walking around. You know, I know nothing. They were, they were mostly, they were mostly on the ball. They're not yeah. just, they're not that idiotic. So yeah, I don't think that was good for anybody. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, Aaron, let's leave uh this riveting discussion. And turn to as this. Quick week's, as we can. <laughs> <laughs> Let's turn to this week's Amiga News. Amiga News. Train. We're gonna kick things off here with the Gamble Train as it rolls down the tracks. Uh with a story about uh the Re-Agnes project. All right, Aaron. This is a this is this is not a real product yet. This is a work in progress. This is a drop-in replacement PCB for the Amiga Agnes chip. Now we're seeing more and more of this stuff these days as these chips become more and more difficult to come by. And uh this is this is something that you can, I guess, replace your Agnes chip if it gets destroyed or something like that. Aaron, you're a, a bigger hardware guy than I am. What do you make of this thing?
1: <laughs> well, listen. Can you go out and buy yourself an Agnes somewhere? No. Can you uh, hork one out of an old machine? Oh yeah. Well, listen. That means the pickings are slim, boat. Mm-hmm. And so, if a dude can come up with a uh, a replacement, you're in. You know, because eventually you're going to need these. And so, uh, this is uh, from what I've read. I did a little bit of looking into this after you pointed me in this direction. Uh, from what I read, they're not there yet. I mean, it's all mega, mega prototypical stuff, but uh it it's a it's a it's not the worst idea and it opened some doors somewhere down the line uh but uh, yeah it's i'd say this this project's going to be a long way before they get this thing off the ground but they've mm. they've done the you know just from what i've read they've got the design parts down you know so and you could actually sort of it's kind of like roll your own type of thing but it doesn't look like it's ready to go yet we'll see though it'll be interesting yeah, to keep an eye we'll, on we'll on
0: definitely it. keep an eye on this as it's updated all right, our next news story comes to us from the one, the only ten minute amiga retro cast. Doug is back with a new video about his favorite subject graphics moods on the amiga
1: this this was some i have to say I watched this the other night when it got released. Doug is several levels several several floors above us when it comes to this sort of stuff i mean yes. i i I watch this. And I scratched my head in a, in a vain attempt to understand uh, what was going on here. But Doug's just talking about different graphics modes, different types of uh, different ways that gra- how graphics work, how the functionality of the of the various graphics modes. Deep stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and, and I will
0: say it, it makes it whenever you look at any of these images, it makes it immediately apparent uh, at the, the fidelity at which an Amiga computer from the late 80s could render a, a digital photograph was so far and away above what was going on on any other platform, it was laughable.
1: Oh, um, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. still, listen, this thing is still, there. it's in there. I mean, it's amazing that you are that you can still do some good work with these things. Listen, uh, there's a reason why every game and everything was made with, like, D-paint and all stuff. It's because the Amiga, the capabilities that were off the charts uh, and Doug, I, you got to give you got to give uh, Doug credit, man. His his grasp of this stuff is really, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it, I, I tip my hat to him, a proper commentator on this sort of stuff. This is the kind of crap. Remember we remember when we uh, covered D paint about episode like twelve or so. We had yeah, who was it? <laughs> was it Will Williams that came on to help us out? Th- uh, I I think it was. Because I remember you were like, hey, I've got a guy here that knows a lot about D-Paint. And when we got Will on, he was like, well, I know something about it. I was like, well, this is going to be an interesting episode. <laughs> because me and you didn't know Jack Squat. From seeing our pictures, anyone would that seen them would know that. But yeah, <laughs> this is good stuff from Doug. Of course, Doug never releases a dud. So if you're really into the graphical uh side of the Amiga, this is a must-watch. Must-watch, Boaster. Absolutely. Well done, Doug.
0: Let's let's move into a realm that we're more comfortable with, Aaron. And some new Amiga games. Yes. Uh, we've got we've got two to talk about this Whoa. week. Two two new releases. Any. The first one, and, and both of these stories come to us from our buddy Neil over at Indie Retro News. Uh, definitely check out IndieRetroNews if you want the latest and greatest releases from all the retro computers. Uh, this is a game called Envia. Uh, unfortunately, this follows the grand tradition of Amiga games that are spelled, uh, you know, confusingly and difficultly, which lead to them being difficult for other people to discover because they're constantly want to want to want to you know uh, spell them wrong and don't know how to pronounce it. But cool, thought. at any rate. This, you, hate, it, you hate
1: these wacky names, don't I you, I do. Brother? I do,
0: because I well, feel bad that. for the people that make these games. They pour thousands of hours but into these But they know what things. they're
1: doing. Look at the font and stuff that, that he's rented. That looks awesome. Yeah, I it's see. If, cool, if, if you no, look at how that how box, it.
0: and then you had to type that into a search engine to purchase it, It would give you pause. Let me say that's all I'm saying.
1: Let me guess. I I N V the number one couple. Exactly.
0: That's all that needs to be said. (laughs) (laughs) Now let's talk about the awesome thing about this game, which is the game itself. Uh, This looks great. Uh, I guess that this is, this this has been long in progress. This was first announced in October, 2016. It is just now coming, uh, being released as a commercial product. Uh, This is a a horizontal shooter in the Gradius slash R-Type tradition, and uh, man, it really, really looks good. Uh, I had a look at this uh, at the uh, the product site here over on polyplay.xyz. Uh, they are selling uh, several different versions of the game. Uh, yeah. You can buy a version for the uh, the Amiga or, or the uh, CD32. Uh, the uh, uh, pricing starts at 17 euros for the budget version on the Amiga. Uh, you yeah. can get, which is just the disc and the manual, but it's still boxed, shrink wrapped, and all that stuff. A really good deal for a boxed game. Uh, You can get the budget CD32 version for €19, but if you're into this thing, you might want to consider the collector's edition, because the collector's edition only adds $10 to the purchase price, €29, and uh, it includes uh, the micro SD card, which includes the, uh, you know, the disc image bonus material. You can fire it up on an emulator. And Aaron, this thing comes with a woven mission patch that you can iron on. Bam.
1: You know, but looking at this, and I don't and I think I can't remember the name. We covered something on uh, R sinclair one time that look it reminds me of this with all the platforms in the middle of the level. Mm-hmm. And 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 it's it's it, that's what it reminds me of. It looks great. Maybe now, uh I,
0: maybe more T Vicker or something like that. I, I that, don't remember. I mean, it could have
1: been more T Vicker. Mm-hmm. Now oh here's the here's the here's what it works with. I don't know if you mentioned that. It says here, uh Amiga with at least that's every existing Amiga with five twelve chip and 512 extra ram power or ntsc wow that's that's outstanding boat yeah you've got when to you give look this at guy how credit for that. that
0: runs again this guy he knows what's going on uh tiger skunk is the developer's name Ti- mr tiger skunk knows what's going on well done um,
1: and the yeah. price is i'd say the price is about what you would expect i i don't the price is much lower than what you would expect well, yeah uh, that's what when i say that that's what i mean when yeah, i say yeah. wait a minute, what's up with that price that means when it's we live in I- a
0: world where you can buy that new uh, atari 2600 game the collector's edition is knocking on a hundred dollars yeah a collector's edition that comes with an iron-on patch a poster a sticker the micro sd card plus the box the manual and the disc Outstanding deal. This is definitely this is definitely the way to go. So uh check that out. Uh again, hats off to Tiger Skunk.
1: And again, it's called NVIDIA. Yeah. I-N-V-I-A. If it was I N V I V Y A Invivia, something like that. Mm-hmm. I can deal with that. But right maybe it's a language thing boat. You never know. Maybe
0: so. Maybe so. I
1: like it though. That looks are we gonna give that one a world whirlboat? That looks mm-hmm. right up our alley. We can now this that.
0: this this next game, Aaron, is also <laughs> going to be right up your alley. All right. This is Knight Rider seventy seven, and oh. this thing this thing harkens back to the glory days of a, a machine, maybe like the Odyssey two, maybe like the uh, the Apple uh, the Apple two, or even you know maybe even something like the Fairchild Channel F could have run something like this, Aaron. This is a throwback uh game what is it, where you are... It's a top-down uh, racing game where you are trying to overtake cars on the road. You're limiting your damage. You've got a limited amount of time. The road is constantly widening and shrinking ahead of you. Uh, a really cool-looking game. You know, it's not much to look at, but sometimes these games are a lot of fun to play. You know what I mean?
1: It looks like someone ported Nightmare Highway over from the... Yeah. Nightmare
2: the, Highway. <laughs> highway. <laughs> yeah,
1: I knew you were going to sing it. This is your classic... This looks like your classic uh, uh, gimmick here. Wow, look at that! Mm -hmm. That's when you're. I used to deliver pizza, and that would happen occasionally. The road would go from (laughs) incredibly wide to one lane. Man, that's a tough. Who would have a race here? (laughs) What are they thinking? Let's put up. Let's have a race. This one lane, busy one lane road.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I will say the 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 road switches are unusual. This looks like uh, uh just your old school, you know, you know, uh, night driver or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm assuming this will run on anything. Is that? Yeah, uh,
0: this point. will run on at you need at least an Amiga 500 because you need that one mega chip RAM to get it going. Really, so.
1: that stuns me. <laughs> that looks interesting. Well, you Knight know, as, as
0: we've seen, the graphical fidelity of the game and the system requirements do not always go hand in hand. So fair enough. You never fair know. Enough. This not was me- written. In Ami Blitz 3.8.0, so who knows what the requirements for all AmiBlitz Blitz are?
1: I will say um, I did have an honesty game It was very similar to this, except the it was uh, the road didn't change. You all, you just got points for passing guys. That was it. kind of, kind of neat. It might be fun. Yeah, yeah. well yeah. done.
0: All right, Aaron, our final news story comes to us from your one and only true love in this world, Mister oh, Shane please. R. Monroe. Listen, tell, tell us I about like it, I Aaron. See him,
1: but I'll watch this today. So listen, if you've ever listened to this show in your life, you've heard me talk about Shane R. Monroe uh, from the old retro gaming radio, which is the literally was the first podcast I ever heard, and it was the first retro gaming show I ever heard. This thing debuted way back in the late '90s, mid to late '90s, and. Uh, Shane's been around for a while, but he's always been an Amiga guy. In fact, I've tried multiple times to arrange an interview with this guy. But he's, I mean, it's like getting an interview with like a president or something. I just can't pull it off.
2: (laughs) Uh, So
1: anyway, if you have any ever gotten any of the Amiga Forever uh, packages, you'll know that in the audio section of them, you'll hear Shane interviewing the guy that makes uh, Amiga Forever on his, on one of the old record game radio shows. So he, he, Shane's actually been a part of the package to some degree for a long time. And this time out, he takes a look at the new uh, Amiga Forever 9 slash uh, C64 Forever packages, uh, which uh, I've, I've been toying around with these myself. Shane really gets into the nitty gritty on these. And he's going in that new mode with the, the thumbnail mode. What do you think of that, Boat? I, I don't know if you'd seen it before. What this, do you think I mean, thumb- this
0: is something that Amiga Forever, honestly, has needed for a long time. Yeah. Uh, th- this is a great way, because sometimes you want to play something and you don't want to scroll through a list of titles. You want to pick by screenshot. Uh, I use a, a website called Atari Mania for this all the time when I'm looking for stuff to play on the old Atari 8-bit. Yeah, It's great because sometimes something will catch your eye, and maybe the title is something like Envia, and you're like, I don't want to play that. But when you see what the game actually is, you're
1: like, heck <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm in, man. Bam, so. there it was. Well, you're you're not wrong. And by the way, uh, of course, uh, this the, the thumbnail thing, also great for the demos, which he's looking at the demo area right there. So you've got all those thumbnails. It's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Something else he does that's that's a good idea Uh, You know, you've got your Amiga Forever package. You've got your C64 Forever package. Two separate packages. Well, what you can do effectively is join them. And so you've got one package, and all it does is basically add a folder, a C64 section. So it's all one big program. Instead of having to load up two programs, I always thought it was kind of silly. Yeah, that's
0: fantastic. I love that. Because I always forget that I have C64 Forever. I was going to fire up Barbarian, you know, the other day to play for, for Flax Show. And uh, I loaded up my Mister, and it wasn't in the, the the folder that I had set up. And I was like, well, guess I'm not playing barbarian. I have C64 forever on yeah. my computer. Yeah. I should have just fired that up and I forgot about it. So
1: You can see Shane instantly uh, loads up uh, Edgar Vigdal's classic Deluxe Galaga. Shane actually, I think he talked to Edgar. And he, I know he ran the Deluxe Galaga webpage for many, many years. It may still be up. So that's one of his favorites. I think he even got credited in uh, Warblade. Um but anyway, this package is good, and Chain really gets into it. He gets into every part of it. Except he doesn't go into the system parts of it that much, but in terms of the games, how to add a game, what the, what the RP9 system is, why why it's a good thing, you know, what for adding the games to the system. Uh, he also goes into uh, uh, how to tweak, you know, the setup stuff you would expect from a, how to use video, and he goes into it. He even uh, he even touches on the stuff that he doesn't like, and it's the same thing I've been fighting with him about for a long time. But same with you is the fact that the capture there is no way to capture footage from this internally. There should mm-hmm. be some sort of record button on this to capture yeah. video, and then capturing video with it, uh, like via Windows, is just tough. But the way mm-hmm. it works is just weird. Yeah. And so it that so he he mentions that too, and I was kind of hoping that that was something that would get addressed this time around, but I guess it didn't. But uh, anyway, it's really good. Shane did a great job. It's all uh, it's all uh, chaptered up. So if you're interested in learning about Amiga Forever or C64 Forever, uh, uh, this is a great video to look at. Uh, Shane did a real good job on this, and uh, uh, this will help you if you're trying to uh, dip your toe in the pool of Amiga or C64 without having an actual hardware boat.
0: Awesome. Awesome.
1: There you go, my friend.
0: All right, Aaron, our final news story is, of course, our new Amiga hardware, the pick of the week from RetroRewind.ca. And this week, Aaron, we're taking a look at the A500 Kickstart adapter. This thing just went up on the site. This is an adapter that you can use for your, uh, your Amiga 500 Revision 5. So uh, I guess the uh, new oh, Ki- Yeah. So I guess uh, reading from the site, uh, new Kickstart ROMs that are being produced are EPROM based and the REV5 motherboard of the Amiga 500 isn't able to use one of these newly produced Kickstart ROMs yeah. without modifications. Were I you aware rise, of that?
1: So that uh, well, I did. I was aware of that. Mm-hmm. I had read that. Now, of course, I've got the one Amiga 500 that's jacked right now, as you know. Uh, and it's funny we've got all these amigas but the 500s is the one i use the least and 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 have messed with the least and so it's probably the one i'll least about it you know that's that's a wedge uh but i i didn't realize it was this it was as simple as just uh getting a new socket and stick it in there. So that's a good deal. That's a that's yeah. a great boon for people. That yeah, have to-
0: so all you have to do is just socket this Kickstart ROM into the adapter, then socket the adapter into the Kickstart socket, and you're off and running. This thing is ultra cheap, too, available to you now for only $10. Yeah. And, of course, the best part is is that you can uh, save 10% off this and any order over at Retro Rewind uh, by using the uh, promo code uh, AMIGOS10 at checkout. Uh, Use that promo code AMIGOS10. You can save 10% off any order from Retro Rewind. And we do appreciate those guys over there, and we thank them for sponsoring this week's episode of Amigos.
1: And I want to mention that while you're there, getting your socket upgrade, why not just pick 3.1.4 up from him as well? The discs, the chip. It's all, if you're here in North America, it's a bang-bang operation. You know, listen, I don't have to tell anyone that mail overseas right now, is it's wacky time. And mm-hmm. a, lot of the Amiga, a lot of the Amiga suppliers, and this is nothing against them, but a lot of the ones based in the UK, for example, I mean, the UK's mail system's all jacked up right now. Uh, you just don't know how it's going to go. Uh, and so, well, you, if you're in North America, there's no reason not to just pick it up here. You get a, You get a nice discount. Uh, and it's quality stuff, and you know, it will show up because you're in our, you're in our mail system here. There's no, it there won't be any worries about it. So, something to think about uh, when you're going for that sort of thing, Boaster.
0: Absolutely. All right, Aaron, it's time. Let's go ahead and switch on over to this week's game of
1: the week, Fire Force. All right, Boaster, Fire Force. Now, I will start this off by saying I played the wrong game twice before I finally. I played fire I played Firefight. I play- I played another fire game and finally I went back and was like, oh Fire Force. I got it. I got it. Because I kept reading stuff. I was like, what are they talking about? Well I'd I'd played the wrong game two different times. So third times lucky, but I'm guessing, my friend, that you'd never played this before. Am I right? Never. Never yeah. played
0: Fire Force.
1: You're not a big uh um uh, run and gun military
0: boy, are you? Well, no, I wouldn't say that. Uh, I, I like a lot of games like this. Like, uh, Well, it, not necessarily like this, because we'll talk about what kind of a game this is. But uh, I like Contra. We're I like shadowing. Metal Slug. I like games where you're running around with a gun and shoot
1: stuff. Let's talk about Fire Force. First of all, the name is cool. There's no yep. denying that. Uh, released in nine. 90- now, I'll tell you something. There were two versions. Let's get into this right away. There was a... Version that's released in '94 for the uh, CD32. I played the ECS-OCS one uh, for my entire journey into this thing, and I and I looked at the CD32 version, and I couldn't, I didn't see much of a difference except for the button setup. What, which yeah, I think you it's pretty for? much
0: a direct port.
1: Yeah. Um, so this came on two discs, '92, uh, published by Ice. Uh, we've talked about Ice in depth in a previous episode, but amongst, the well, actually, they released some games, and some of the games escaped from ice, and the one that escaped co- that comes to mind is Akira, which was just the, <laughs> that one's bad. They were also, they also published uh, Gulp, uh, Deep Core, I hear my personal favorite boat, Gnome Alone. That oh sounds like a run of your Why have we alley. not played that yet? I don't know.
0: Where you at, AGSC?
1: Uh Mean Arenas, which we did cover that one a while back, if mm-hmm. you'll recall. I think I got like six copies of that, and uh, Total Carnage Boat. Now, uh, who developed this? Well, it was developed by a couple guys, and so I wouldn't call them a developer as I wouldn't call them a couple guys. I don't know if they're working. In fact, everywhere I went, when you looked at the developers, they were basically like, which usually means just a couple guys. Uh, so the guys that worked on this were Dave Gibbons and uh, Stephen Day. Uh, both those guys only had really one other Amiga credit, and which was a game called Stormtrooper. So... Uh, I have which we haven't played, so yeah. I, I'm not familiar with that one, Boaster. Again, this did have an, uh, a CD32 uh, release and the OCS ECS. This was, the, according to everything I read, this was developed uh, at the exact same time as the Atari ST version. They said the Amiga was the lead on the of the two, but having looked at both of them. I mean, I could not pick one out out like out of the lineup and say this is, I mean, they look very similar. The Amiga one might be a little smoother, mm-hmm. but I mean, without playing, and I'm sure if you played it, you might be on television just from watching the video of it. It looked about the same uh, boat. So this, again, was uh, as close to an Amiga and Atari ST exclusive as you're going to get. Uh, looking at the notes over on the uh, 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 Hall of Light, they said that uh, this was originally scheduled to be released by an outfit called Electronic Zoo, which that's mm. a great name. I don't think we ever yeah. come across them before Boat. Who unfortunately went out of business. <laughs> and so mm. Ice picked up the game, uh did some extra work on the game and then released the game. So that's what that's what you've got here. So Boat uh and this is this game I would say it was in the grand tradition of of some other games from back like a like maybe like a uh, uh, a more in depth version of say something like a Russian attack. Well, let me like let me
0: explain what's going on in this Please. game. Okay, so in this game, you play a special forces agent who's tasked with one of four missions to complete. This is a side-scrolling affair where you move left and right uh, across a, a landscape. Uh, destroying everything in your path, killing dudes, and uh, just sort of causing mayhem while trying not to get killed yourself. Um, so uh, this game is, I wouldn't call it a straight-up run-and-gun game, though. There's there's a strategic element here. Absolutely. Uh, and it starts, it starts at the very beginning of each mission when you choose your loadout. Uh, what is probably one of the most impressive uh, things about this game is, is the the actual loadout screen. You get to choose from, I think, five different guns, uh, a certain amount of, uh, of grenades. Uh, there are also explosives, like C4 explosives that you plant. Uh, you've got med packs. Um, and so in the, the thing that I love about this, that's different than the uh, top down shooter that we played a couple of weeks ago that had a similar loadout screen is that you don't buy this stuff because it's stupid to buy it because you freaking work for the government. Okay. Yes. So. Instead, you have encumbrance. You 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 have a certain amount of load that you can carry with you, and you've got to choose the right combination of things to you know to reach that. I think it's like we'll say like twenty six pounds. The unit is never given, but it's like twenty six. It's twenty six.
1: Whatever, yeah. whatever that is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so that lends a sense of strategy to the game because, of course, you know you want to bring a lot of med packs with you so you can heal yourself, but then you can't bring as many magazines of ammunition. Or maybe you you want to use some grenades because these are projectile weapons. Well, you've got to balance that, too. So that part of the game is very well done. And like I said, I like the fact that they make it easy to understand with encumbrance. They just say this is as much weight as you can carry. And uh, the the selection system is very easy to use. There's an easy way to just drop everything and start from scratch. That part of the game is very well designed.
1: You know okay. what it reminded me of? But was remember What's when we played a game called, uh, and this may be the game you were referencing. I can't remember how long ago we did it. it was a game we played a game called Dogs of War. Yeah, and Dogs of War uh, let you load out, and I will say I had this, I had the same problem with this that I didn't that. I don't know anything about guns, so you could line up like ten guns in front of me. Well, <laughs> and, the the, and you the, also the have problem
0: to... with Dogs of War is that it just took. They didn't give you a suggested loadout, and this game does. So, that's right. that the that, that, yeah, right. you had you had to buy yourself the, load, the that's what I was talking about. It's very similar to Dogs of War, but it's done better in this game. As
1: well. Yeah, well, the one thing I I had trouble with in both games was you've got to make sure that if you if you're going to go and try to do it yourself, you've got to make sure you match up the gun you got with the ammo you got because that yeah. that, that could be a problem. That's important. Yeah, that's and important. also you've got to make sure you are planning. This is one of those games where it helps to go through the mission a couple of times to see exactly what they want you to do. Because some missions are going to sort of require you to have certain things. Uh, yeah, and so,
0: yeah, w- one of the great things about this game is that it gives you a pretty a, a pretty good detail of what you're going to be doing in each mission. Yeah. There's sort of like the brief description, but then there's also a button that you can click and you can learn more about what's going on. Uh, they yeah. actually show, yeah, and so that I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Now. When you start the mission, it's a very dramatic opening helicopter screen yeah. of, of of you you know coming down and landing, and then you know you 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 go on the ground and the helicopter takes off. Now, mercifully, you can skip that because if you've seen it once, you only really need to see it once. You. Don't it's need
1: pretty see it cool, Bo. I yeah. never, I always watched. It. I always cool, okay, but yeah. I
0: mean, you do have the option to skip it, and I appreciate yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, okay. yeah, okay. Yeah. And then you're off to the races, okay. And basically, what you're doing is you're heading left to right. And, uh, you know, you're basically trying to figure out where the things are that you need to complete your mission. So in the first mission, you have to assassinate one of the terrorist guys. You know it's him because he's wearing sort of a beige colored beret. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so what you have to do, and here's where the game, another cool thing about this game, you don't just kind of go, you don't just sort of move your way through the level and he's the boss and that's the end of it. He's hiding. Yeah. And you have to find him. Okay. So as you're going along, you enter buildings and, and I, the, the, because I come from a console background, I always think about the second Zelda game as a point of reference here because it's a side scrolling game that you can enter buildings. Um, but there's tons and tons and tons of games that also do that. But anyway, you can go into tents, you can go into buildings. And uh, you explore, and when you're inside these tensor buildings, you're going to find enemies, which you've got to, you know, take care of, but then you can also pick up health packs, you can pick up extra ammo and stuff like that, so you're exploring at the same time as you're doing the mission yeah another cool thing about this game is that when you uh when you uh, kill a bad guy, you can actually loot his corpse and you yes. can you can you can pick up stuff that he's holding
2: you can and that's a guns. really
0: neat aspect of yeah. the game too and the the looting system is very easy. You just press space and you can use your joystick to scroll up and down through all of the items that they have and you push left to add it to your inventory very, yeah. very easy to yeah. do okay so uh basically that's the game you you uh you accomplish your mission. You have to make it to the uh, the rendezvous point. Uh, the rendezvous point is set up uh, whenever you're moving across the level. You'll see a number go up as you move to the right and go down as you move to the left. At the beginning of the mission, you're told you need to be meet at compass point 41 as the one for the first mission. So you have to go to compass point 41. And uh, once you've completed or whether you complete the mission or not, at the time that is set by the mission coordinator, uh, you will be picked up by the helicopter, okay? Yep. So you've got to keep an eye on the clock as you do this. There is a clock that's ticking up. Uh, in the first mission, you're dropped off at like 8.15 or 9.15, and then you're going to be picked up at 8.33. So you have 15 minutes of in-game time. Now, in-game time is not the same as real game time, as we'll talk about later. But anyway, that's the basic gist of the game. As you go in, you do what you need to do, you're picked up by the helicopter, and you take off, and you're graded by your superiors, whether you've done a good job or not. And as a result of that, you get various medals, get promoted or whatever, and then it's on to the other missions. Yep. That's the game in a nutshell, Aaron.
1: Nice summary, Boat. I think you nailed it there. Uh, one thing, this game does have the old uh, catch itis which a, a full third of the screen is taken up by gauges and mm-hmm. uh, and and your weapon picture and a bunch of crap that you probably could have done without to give yourself a little more uh, game room to look at the, you know, look at the main screen. Uh, you do have a health bar. Uh, like Boat said, you can pick up health po- uh, health uh, packs to uh, to uh, hit the help button on the, uh, on the keyboard to uh, use them. Uh, this game, the, the so it, I think graphically it looks pretty good. I think it sounds uh, okay. Uh, overall, uh, I think the, a contr- the controls are a little funky. Uh, boat uh, in terms of, I mean, I'm not talking about the j- keyboard commands. I'm just talking about the controls. They're kind of funky. Uh, you can't you can't really jump straight up. You jump in diagonals, left and right, and of course, moving up will move you up and down ladders. Uh, or and and but some of the things that can be more difficult to move up and down are like staircases. Uh, also you can because sometimes you'll, you'll you'll duck when you mean to go down. That kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that stuff can be uh ducking, and, and it's very pivotal to not dying because you'll be duck. It's in some ways it's a lot like elevator action. Uh, but you have to duck those bullets and stuff. Uh, so you could have the controls. I wouldn't say were perfect; but they were. I thought they were okay. Mm-hmm. When you get into the wacky zone, and again, I played the OCS version of this, uh, and I looked at the uh, I looked at the manual on the uh, CD32 version. They've integrated a lot of this into the gamepad, but on the on the uh, on the OCS ECS version, anytime you want to switch weapons or uh, detonate stuff, it's all or pause or use health. It's all done with the keyboard. So this is one of those games where you're going to have to have the keyboard close by as you're playing because, and I don't mean just like a case that you'll make a tap. You're going to be tapping that sucker a lot, aren't you, Bo? You
0: you use the keyboard for everything but moving and shooting. Right. So uh, F3, F4, and F5 cycles you through your weapons. Uh, there's a key that you hit. I think it's the help key is the, uh, is the stem pack is your med yeah, kit. Correct. Yeah. Um, and so you are, you, you're all the time. You're one hand on the keyboard, one hand on the stick.
1: Yeah. And you're also using, I mean, you're switching, not only are you switching between guns and your knife, you're also switching to grenades mm-hmm. or you can also, there there's, uh, it, this is kind of neat. You can get these bombs. This threw me off at first, Boat. I didn't understand how this works. So thank God. This is one. This is another one. If you don't read the manual, you're boned. Can you imagine playing this game and never know what the manual says? You you just run through the whole knife, the whole game with a knife. You had no Mm. idea what you were doing. So the manual was pivotal to this one. But one of the things you can do is you pick up these bombs. Just because you drop a bomb, it doesn't mean it's going to blow up. You have to detonate it. So what? Right. Well, I mean, yeah,
0: that that you you have these explosives, and in one of the missions in particular, you have to blow up these buildings. And yeah. so uh and so and it's it's kind of neat. you have when you when you set the bomb, you press a key and then you you see it actually pop up on the HUD one, two, three, four. Yeah. there's four spaces. and when you push the one button, it blows up explosive number one. Yeah, um, it, it's pretty cool. The way that they did that and the way that they it integrated it into the HUD is is pretty neat too.
1: You can actually you could have up to six if you take that man. You can have six oh, of detonable okay. bombs, okay. and and uh, it is neat. And you could and you could uh, chart. You can discharge them in any order. Mm-hmm. So now, right. is is this important? Probably not, but it's cool. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's cool. Right. Something something else I wanted to mention about the manual, and I'd say that's manual now the CD32 version of this the manual is crap. Okay, it is the dirt worst because they folded. You've got that little like. CD folder and -hmm. it just gives you the in-game instructions, and that's it. And it's got Mm -hmm. multiple languages. Like, if you get the actual manual, there's a thing at the beginning where they talk about uh, special forces and how they they became more important over the years. It gives you a lot of backstory to, like, what's going on. It gives you really detailed instructions and some tips.
0: Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you saying that the CD32 port was an afterthought and lazily put together? I cannot believe that.
1: Listen, it's when someone goes to the trouble of making... I mean, this isn't like a world-class manual, but it's okay, right? But at the end... For example, at the end of it, they've got all the different weapons in the game, and they've got the real-world statistics on them. Who used them? What they were for? That's the kind of crap that a kid, like a teenage boy, is like, Yes! Yeah. You know, I'm ready yeah, to kill. you right. You're when right. you get the CD version... And all you've got is a little... Fold. And I looked this up just to see what the buttons were like. You just got a little fold-out that just tells you how to load and start the game yeah. What There's no cool stuff in it. This was you know? the
0: curse of CD games. The curse of CD games is that you could sell them in the jewel case. You didn't have to put them in a box. So people skimped on the
1: packaging. Dead gummit, Boat, you're right. And, now you know... it. How many years have I said, "Eh, I'm not going to collect any box games, but this is another one. This is another level of having the box game pays off because if you get the box game, you get the cool manual with all the cool crap in it. It's cool. Mm -hmm. So, but anyway, yeah, manual a must. So, like Boat said, the missions are varied. Uh, Some mission, one mission basically, like Boat said, you go in there and try to kill the guy with the tan hat. There's missions where you just go around blowing stuff up. There's a mission where you are rescuing uh, prisoners. They're also a mission where you're rescuing hostages. So it's not just aimless baloney where you just go to the end of the level. Um like boat said, each mission has a timer on it. The timer is something you have to get used to because you can sort of get lost in these levels and then you're boned because you're right out of time, mm-hmm. won't you boat? Yeah. And
0: that's really I mean, are we are we at the point of the game or at the of the of the review where we start talking about our thoughts? Because I got please, thoughts. Please
1: give game. us the give us your thoughts. It's always time for that boat.
0: So basically, what I was talking about before was everything that was good about this game. You know, the the concept is sound. You're a special forces operator sent behind enemy lines to accomplish a variety of missions and, you know, make it back to the rendezvous point so you can be helicoptered out of there. That sounds rad. That sounds like an awesome idea for a game. So why do I feel like there's a burial coming on? This game falls short in almost every respect. Um, And it starts with... The um it starts with the controls. The controls look awful in this game. Uh or they they they, they don't work well. Uh y- this is that Lionheart push the button in a direction and then move the joystick.
1: You had to, to invoke Lionheart's name in this.
0: Listen, that's just what it is. That's what no. it's known as. Lionheart's got good um, controls. And and so when you're fire, so for example, if you're firing your gun. You can't just like pick a direction and push the button and fire like up and to the left. What you have to do is you have to hold the button down, swing your joystick up and to the left, waste a couple shots, then your position is shooting up and to the left until the cows come home. It reminds me of RoboCop.
1: Both remember RoboCop was sort of like that too. It's
0: sort of RoboCop, and that's and that's what the this is what the, the, the 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 at the bottom of everything. This game controls looks and plays like a game on the C64 or the ZX Spectrum from 1987 or 1988. This game has no business being released in 1992. It's aged and poorly in every possible way. Everything from the graphics. Now, don't get me wrong. The graphics look okay. They look okay. They have more colors than an an 8-bit game, but the actual drawings themselves... You could put this on a C sixty four with no problem. How many planes do you see streaking across the sky in the Amiga version? You How much parallax do scrolling do you see? You couldn't you do this on a C sixty four. No, no. There's, there's a oh, you definitely could put this on a C sixty four. No C64, way. hundred no percent.
1: No way. Case
0: in point: Have you ever played Rambo on the Nintendo Entertainment System? Yeah. Yes. No, you probably haven't. Okay. It, it so Rambo is very, very similar to this game. Okay. This is not a sixteen bit effort. Okay, and it's it's no it's it's The problem is, is that this game was literally designed by two people. Okay, these are two people that probably played a lot of C64 games and they wanted to try their hand at making an Amiga game. So they took advantage of the colors, the extra graphical fidelity of the Amiga to the lowest extent possible. I mean, you're right. You couldn't make a game that looked exactly like this, but you could make a game that looked 85 percent as good and played exactly the same. And here's the thing. I don't even really care about how the game looks, but it controls like an old ZX Spectrum game. The whole aiming of the gun thing, incredibly awkward. The jumping mechanic is laughable. I mean, it's straight out of an old uh, Spectrum game or, you know, or, or C64 game. Games released in 1992, your guy should be able to move around a little bit better than that, okay? So that's my major problem with the game. It's just the controls are antiquated. Acceptable in the 80s on an 8-bit machine, unacceptable on a 16-bit machine. Now, here are my lesser complaints. My lesser complaints are that the time limit limits what you can do, okay? So you can go around and, like, for example, when you first land on, you know, whatever mission you're doing, you go into different tents, you're exploring, you're killing dudes. Before you know it all, you've missed your rendezvous point, okay? So you've got to start over. When you start over in this game, you don't just start at the beginning of the level. In this game, you sort of have unlimited lives, I guess you could say, but what it does is it takes you back to the name entry screen, and then you've got to click on the name, and then you've got to enter a new name. You can't just pick the same name that you picked before. Of course, I just pushed J because I wanted to get back into the action. Every time that you die, you go back to this name selection screen for no reason
1: whatsoever. Well, they're working you're... a gimmick on that. That's why you go back there. Well, the, the they're gimmick saying sucks. the last I don't guy care. I died I or is MIA. The gimmick. the gimmick is not conducive. Well, I'm just to saying that's time. why they're not doing it for no reason. They're saying, okay. like, oh, it's time to bring another troop in from the roster. This like now have your other guy listed as like dead or MIA. But you can you whatever. can
0: pick the same guy over again.
1: We had to sort of rename him, and yeah, I know. But still, I'm just saying, that's what the they're sucks, I'm not saying it's I'm good. Saying. I didn't okay. say it was a good gimmick.
0: Now, that so basically, you know, what happens is you die. You die frequently in this game because gunfire takes you out like nobody's business, and the enemies will frequently fire at you from off screen, and you have to fire at enemies off screen. The AI in this game is atrocious. Again, this is AI that belongs in an 8-bit game. It's not AI that belongs in, a, in an Amiga game um, the, the enemies just sort of haphazardly saunter about. Sometimes they'll go past you without firing and then they'll notice you and then they'll start firing. Whether you're prone or you're up, it doesn't make any difference. This game is supposed to have some sort of stealth component to it where you can get behind stuff, but the game never really makes it clear how you're actually supposed to utilize it. And it doesn't really work half the time. It's disappointing. Okay. Now when you dispatch enemies there's cool animations here. You know, when you you can fire your gun at him, the, the gunfire looks cool. Uh, you can sneak up, you can slit a guy's throat in a very graphic for its time animation. Uh, all that stuff, you can stabby stabby at him, you know, a little bit of that. Um, but at the end of the day... There's really little fun to be had unless you're just a person that likes to do things step by step where it's, it's all all your success in this game will be based on trial and error because of the time limit. Uh, you know, you're basically trying to find what the objective is. Once you find it, then you've got to go back through, figure out what kinds of things you need to collect, where you need to go, and speed your way through this thing to get to the end. I recognize that there's fun to be had in that, particularly if the controls don't bother you. Like if you grew up playing games that controlled this poorly, it wouldn't bother you. But if you've played Contra or you've played any other kind of run and gun game, this just isn't going to cut it. It's no good. And so, or another good example is Bionic Commando. Bionic Commando is an awful lot like this game where you have to go and complete certain missions and stuff like that. Bionic Commando came out in like freaking 1988 or 1989. Again, for 1992, incredibly, incredibly antiquated, and for this to come out on the C60 or the, on the uh, Amiga, the CD32 in 1994, what are we doing here? What are we doing? There's a reason why the C, uh, why the CD32 got buried and didn't sell very well, and it was on the backs of lazy ports like this game.
1: Well, you put a lot in there, Boat. Clearly, you had a lot in your mind, and I'm not going to I'm not going to disagree with everything you said, but I will disagree with some of it. All right, I actually. I kind of dug this game, and I and I, first of all, I don't look. I never raised really so much attention. You're right, ninety two. Eh, this game is probably you're really pushing it. But I never, I don't really take that into too much account. It's just I play it. I thought it looked okay, to be honest with you. I didn't think it looked that bad. I thought it looked pretty good. There's no way you could do this on C64. I can tell you right now. This is haven't watched a bunch of C64 and played it. That's a, that's not going to happen. This is this is a 16 bit game. It's not. Is it top shelf? No, but it's it's okay. You know. You've got your guy. Are the controls good? They're not. Are they adequate? They're okay. They're not the best. It does result in some hilarious uh, police squad, naked gun style combat where you're shooting at a guy who's exactly right beside you. And you've both got your gun (laughs) shot diagonal. And you look like a couple idiots that can't shoot straight. And that happened a lot. You know, do you have to fire early? Yes. Can guys throw stuff off the screen? Yes. Do you need to memorize where the guys are? It don't hate, if you know what I mean, to to do that. Uh, do you have to lob or grenade ahead of you occasionally? Yes, uh, you do. So, And you know I hate that. So I'm not going to sit here and say, it's great. It's great because that, that's the kind of crap that pisses me off when you do that. With all that said, uh, I like the 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 different elements they put in this game. I wasn't expecting the ability to go in buildings. Uh, or the uh, different sorts of missions that they would produce. I thought that was kind of fun. I mean, you're right. The AI, this it's not like they're geniuses, but it's just a standard goofball AI. You know, you're right. They're not. It's not like they're not going to blow you away. But that, this isn't that kind of game. Just go in there and kill suckers. You know, the bit where you cut a guy's throat. It's pretty. It's pretty cool to get up in there if you can pull that off. That was. I didn't expect that. That was kind of neat. Uh, I like the gun setups. You get a bunch of different guns. And so the weaponry can be used in different ways.
0: How, 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 what's, what are the differences between the guns? Do they I'm fire talking, differently? It's no, like, I'm not talking. Re- hold the, on a again, second. Hold on a, know, second.
1: hold on a second. I'm not talking about the actual machine guns. I'm just like, you got the gun. So you've, you've, got, got, you've got pictures
0: of different guns in this No, game. you didn't Excellent. let me finish.
1: you also got the bazooka-looking gimmick. You've got grenades. You've got the bombs. You can use all those things in different ways. The machine guns—I couldn't tell them this what they did—but they all shoot. Is my point. But you've got different types of armaments you can use, and that's kind of fun. I kind of like that. It's amazing how often you're going to use those knives. The knife—I oh, I you use, use much the much knife anything. all the time. You know, because it's you don't have any ammo on it. But I mean, you're burying this thing. I don't. I thought it was okay. I like said there were part there were parts of it I thought were actually clever. Something else I Listen, thought was funny. You when think you- that
0: I'm burying this game, but I said all the good things. The reason why you think I'm burying it is because I said all the good things about it at the beginning of the show, and I left all my negative comments for recently. Well, There's stuff to like about this game. I am not burying this game. I do just like because the- the, the the but when a game doesn't control well, for me, I don't know about you. For me, control is nine tenths of everything. If I don't have fun moving my guy around and shooting, if it's constantly a struggle and I'm constantly fighting the system, it's not a good game. Well,
1: I, I, the controls aren't the best, but they're not the worst. Like I said, it reminded, I have a I hard got- time finding a, a worse control system. Oh, I'm sure we could find one if we if we sat here and thought about it for a while. I mean, it's it's fairly basic that the the getting used to using the keyboard element as 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 a part of the control overall control scheme. That doesn't help what there are there are several I can understand why they made these design choices, but I, that doesn't necessarily increase the fun. For example, the time limit. I can I like the idea of having a, a rendezvous time. That's pretty cool. I like all that. You know, they pick you up but it, this game is the kind of game that would be a lot more fun to me if you didn't have that time limit or you had a more um, liberal time limit that would let you – this is the kind of game you need to kind of you, – you don't run through it. You walk very carefully through it. You know? Right, and, and, and I think that, they, uh, that,
0: that obviously the people that made this game – didn't they knew that you were going to have to play these levels multiple times whether you're playing yeah. it one time and you're f- figuring out all the secrets you know at once and then you get to the rendezvous point with time to spare or you're dying over and over you know I'm sure that if you were playing this game as a kid early on you'd realize okay I'm never going to make that I w- I'm I'm going to miss the rendezvous and it's going to be okay. I'm going to miss it, but I'm going to go through these levels and I'm going to find everything that there is to find. I'm going to kill the bad guy. And then I'm going to try and maximize my time.
1: Yeah. Like the thinking
0: behind that is sound. I don't have a problem with that. It's a different style of gameplay. The only thing that I would change is that you've got to get me back into the action faster when I fail.
1: Well, I mean, I I think I'll look at that aspect the same way. I look at the time limit there. They were trying to work in a gimmick here. And, and i can understand why they did it but if it doesn't make the game more fun if it makes it more tedious you ditch that gimmick you know right. it's the same and, thing and that, it's the same that. thing
0: it's the same and and that's the problem is that i think a lot of times game designers get married <laughs> to a theme or they get married to a concept and they, they become blind to the fact that they're actually taking away the fun and um and You know, another just a couple extra things that that I think would have really made a difference. One, instead of giving me magazines to show how much ammo I have left, give me a number because I don't know how many shots when you fire your gun, you fire in bursts, and it makes sense because you're firing a machine gun. But you don't know how many bursts are in a magazine. And if you're trying to conserve your ammo like you have to in some of these missions, it's really, really difficult to sort of see how much you've got left. Like if you have two magazines left, you really have no idea exactly how many shots that is. I would much rather have just, you know, given me a number. You can still buy magazines in the loadout phase, but give me a number on the HUD. Lord knows you've got room on the HUD for that. Um, And then the other thing is when you reach the rendezvous point, you need to have a system that if you do get there early to make time speed up. There, you know, is, if a, you there, get there is one. Is there? Okay, because yeah, I didn't know a, about a, it.
1: As I recall, there's a button in here. I
2: mm-hmm. think
1: it might be a... I read uh-huh. this, and the funny thing is I don't think this is in the documentation. I read this on a forum, and they oh, were talking okay. about it. And it, it, it will actually... It will speed up the time it takes, I mean, for the chopper to get there. Uh, I, okay, I, it's well, I'm funny. glad I was that's always in there cutting there. it so close. So you know what I would have liked to have had? First of all, you're right about the button. I mean, the number for the bullets. But I mean, I guess, again, if you're a game striving for some degree of realism, maybe that's their yeah. angle. Maybe, and maybe then,
0: so. Maybe you're right.
1: And then secondly, when it comes to, to the chopper, I would mm-hmm. have rather just had, let me get to the end of the level and just hit a button, and then the chopper can show up. That way you don't have yeah. to hurry as much. I'd like to have had, and here's something else about this game. Now, why do they, aside from the gimmick, why do you think they put in these real harsh time requirements So The game isn't very long Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, from what I I watched, the guy go do a playthrough. And this isn't that kind of game where, like, if a guy's an expert, he can do the playthrough real quick. I mean, pretty much you're going to play through it just about the same as, you know, when you figure out how to do it. And it's not a long game. So I think that part of it was in there just to sort of artificially make up the difficulty, which this game doesn't need that. It's already I, I found this game fairly difficult.
0: Yeah, I, I was th- not able to complete the first—I was not able to complete any mission without
1: I Chimera. got I got past the first mission, and then I got past—I got almost past the second mission. and But when you could skip around, and so there's a mission where you're trying to recover these rockets. And mm-hmm. that mission, it's hard to see the rockets. I had a heck of a time. I didn't know what I was actually doing for the longest time. Here's another bit if you're watching at home. I like the guys that are on the mounted guns. If they're shooting at you, if you come up behind them, they don't turn around. They don't right. swing the gutter. They just sit there and just wait for you to come and slit their throat like an idiot. So, yeah, mm. I mean, again, this is not the perfect game. If I look back on this, if I was a teenager and bought this, though, I would probably have been pretty satisfied. There's a degree of... Uh, exploration, the fact that you get to load out all the cool stuff about the guns, all the, because despite the fact that we don't know anything about guns, when you're a kid and you see like, there's like 10 different guns and here's the stats on them. You're like, mm-hmm. Oh, you know, that sounds right. cool. You know, despite the fact that they shoot a guy and they dies, we don't, we don't know the difference. Um, you know, but overall, uh, I mean, don't, I'm not going to j- go out in a limb for this game, but I, I thought, I thought it was okay. And there are some graphical touches that i that i thought i'd mention there are occasionally areas where you actually go behind the scenery it doesn't happen all that often uh but i thought it was a neat touch in fact at the very beginning of the game there's a truck and you when you come in you're behind the truck and there's a guy that walks back and forth and he's right beside you he's such an idiot and that's Mm -hmm. the first thing you see in the game is that's not a great way to start the game there's another sequence where you crawl through a log there's some areas where you crawl behind stuff. I thought that was cool. I kind of wish yeah, they'd done yeah. something with that. Listen,
0: listen. If they would have made this game control like Contra or Probotector, as it was known overseas, I would have loved this game. I would have loved it because everything else other than the controls is forg- is forgivable or better, you know? Uh, but I just, I couldn't, the whole aiming of the gun thing, I could never point the gun in the freaking right direction or I'd get excited and I'd swing the gun down and I'd be shooting at the ground accidentally. Um, I don't know why they made the controls like that. And also, a lot of times when you're maneuvering around inside, you've got these tight spaces. I would have rather seen the full building. You know, they do. We played another game like this. I think, well, remember that Batman game for the ZX Spectrum that was like a comic book? Yeah. That made sense in that game because it was like comic book panels. But I would have liked to have seen more of the stage. Uh, Than just those little rooms to give me an idea of where I should have been going. But again, they're one for realism. I think there was room. like a
1: fog of war. T- yeah, yeah, a fog I mean,
0: of war. Sure, and, and and that's cool. That's that's fine. It is but, funny
1: to go in these tents and you're having grenades and stuff go <laughs> off in them, yeah. and there's a guy right you're beside in tight you. Quarters, uh, like a lot the controls of, types of these things. May, the controls take this from an action uh, summer blockbusters. It's sort of like a comedy or a parody. That's right. <laughs> You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> and so when
0: you when you have to react that quickly, you've got to have super, super tight controls. And again, that's just that's why I can't give this game a you know a passing grade.
1: I think we can both agree that the controls aren't the best. Yeah. The graphics aren't the best. Uh, and the AI is not the best. But I think there's fun to be had. I liked it more than I thought I would, because when I first started playing this, I was like, well, this is crap. Turned it off, and then I get but I warmed up to it. Because I, when I put myself in the position of having bought this back in the day, this is the kind of game I probably would have got to kick him. It's funny because I can't stand contra; I hate that game, and I'm no good at it. It's really? just not my type of game. Yeah, okay. that kind of bullet hell running around—you can't do it. I, I just can't. I'm no good at it. I'm better at this sort of game. Like I so said, this is sort of like a green beret or a Russian attack. If you advance that concept to the nines, you know, and 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 and, and I think this is actually a more to me. This is a more fun game. I like the exploration and going in the buildings and stuff. That made it more fun for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure, um, I understand.
1: I looked this bad boy up, uh, Boaster and uh, Lemon. It's funny the scores are very similar. Lemon gives this a seven point three four, and it get by the way gave the uh, CD32 version a seven point three five. So there you go. Uh, Amiga Action gave this an eighty three. Amiga Computing gave it eighty two. Amiga format a seventy one. Amiga Joker boat, they were not as impressed with this particular title. Thirty percent. Mm. Amiga Power gave it a, a fifty six. It's is funny. And in two and, and and within a three month period, Amiga Power gave this a fifty six, and the one gave this a ninety. So you had two huge differences there on two of the bigger magazines.
0: Yeah, in, in one magazine the check cleared, the other one it didn't.
1: Average uh, magazine. I don't think this is a fifty-six. The average magazine rate was sixty-nine. I would probably put this somewhere in the uh, in the you know this is so, I think this is a solid C title. I don't think I could go any higher than that, but I think mm-hmm. I think it's a solid C title. Uh, did we get yeah. any sweet action on the discords, uh, Boaster? We did. We start with Lord
0: Soup. He says, Graphics are functional. Bringing endorsement right off the bat. Well, I mean, he's Uh, right. Possibly (laughs) possibly a little drab for some, but gameplay is spot on. Pick your gear and have the Huey drop you in. Cutthroats and stealth it or run and gun at high risk. It's tough as time pressures for your mission prevent you from waiting out the bad guys too often if you want to complete the mission. My complaints are that there are not enough missions and that they could have added more choice to the loadout screen. Nine out of ten anyway. Great game and a real doozy in the Amiga's library. So, Lord Zupi loved this game. Yeah. Uh, Graham W. Bebke writes, Unfortunately, I'm not really into this Green Beret or Russian Attack, depending on where you live, and Rolling Thunder-style game. Gameplay is short and repetitive with only a few levels, and you can sometimes move many screens with nothing happening at all. However, it's the time limit that just kills the enjoyment in this game. The art style works for the game. Sound effects are fine and remind me of Airborne Ranger for some reason. And the controls are very similar to Green Beret with the ladders and crouching down. The animations of your character moving and climbing ladders is also similar to Green Beret. Still, I'd play this again with a trainer disabling the time limit. Six out of ten. And yes, we should mention that if you play the WHD load version, you can turn off the timer. You can turn off. You can make yourself invincible. You can do whatever you need to do to make a, make this a fun time. Yeah, I so, did. Uh, I did
1: eventually do some of that stuff after I tried, played it for a while. Yeah.
0: Chris Folds writes sound. Music none. Sound effects come straight off a schoolboy's what-does-war-sound-like tape.
1: (laughs) That's true. That's not wrong. That drum loop at the beginning got old.
0: (laughs) Graphics. Average. Mega HUD. Inside buildings, small cramped views that try and create atmosphere but just feel cramped. Outside graphics have a strange look that feels like a hybrid of an Amstrad game mixed with the Amiga. Concept. Good. Proper equipment, your soldier of fortune, and head out to kick-butt Rambo style. Execution. Average at best. Controls are awkward and never really gelled. Going down stairs and side buildings requires pixel-perfect positioning, being you often faceplant instead of going down. Yes. Annoying time limit. Some weird game mechanics take indoor scenes with the goofy throat slitting. You have two guys in a room. You go in and grab one to kill, and the other one waits patiently for his turn to have his throat slit. It's Just wrong. stupid. He's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but what really killed it for me was the lack of atmosphere. Just wandering around with these low-quality sound effects just felt soulless. Wow. Super King writes, Fire Force Review. When I initially started playing the game this week, I thought it was great, as I remembered it being back in the day. However, after about 15 minutes in, I realized early that there were too many mediocre elements and frustrating gameplay mechanics that meant I completely changed my mind. The graphics are fine, if a little on the small on the, on real estate, and the sound is sparse and uninspiring. The initial run-and-gun Rolling Thunder gameplay bombs quickly when you realize the controls are just horrible. Pixel-perfect stair and ladder-mounting positions just frustrate, as does the infuriating time limit. The whole game feels empty and soulless and does little to immerse you by way of atmosphere. Unfortunately, this is a game I'd been looking on back on with rose-tinted glasses. It hasn't aged well, therefore I can't recommend it and will probably never return. I feel saddened that a small piece of my gaming history has been destroyed forever, 4 out of 10. Oh, sorry, dude. <laughs> and finally, Level Lord writes, I like this game for what it is and was pleasantly surprised that you can enter buildings and tents and do some unexpected knife moves over the enemies, not just stabbing. Too bad the game is timed and I couldn't really enjoy exploring the levels because I would be presented with the ending sequence after just a couple of minutes of gameplay. Controls are a little wonky but manageable. Uh, graphics are okay with the lack of better scenery in the world six out of ten for me. you know so yeah
1: we we t- a couple guys mentioned the going up and down the stairs. It's amazing to me uh, and we just covered elevator action on the spectrum a couple weeks ago but or a month or so ago. and elevator action showed everyone how to do that properly and no one does it, including sometimes mm-hmm. ports of itself. in right. that game, there's a little square. You go onto that square and then you it works. It works every well, time. Well, th- this is
0: this is the classic thing. This is the classic thing. In real in real life, you would never have something like that. Right. But it's a video game. Right. But, but again, you know, it's that classic, you know, how how do we increase the fun of the video game while sacrificing realism and right. finding that balance and that's you know one of the things that this game does not do a good
1: job with. Well, you've got to give Tato credit because if everyone had done that, how many games have we played where getting up and down stairs or ladders is a huge pain in the butt. Yeah, or it you, would just la- you just make the ladder. You just make the ladder.
0: You just make the ladder or the the stair hitbox bigger, so when you're around it, you just go in. Like with Rolling Thunder, I never really had a trouble. I never really had trouble with that. So
1: it's funny. I never thought about this compared to Rolling Thunder, but there is some. I, I don't think it's. I think Rolling Thunder's better, but that's just yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Rolling there you Thunder's go. A- oh, yeah. one more thing. eBay. I looked this up. Uh, eBay, no, there are none of these in the States. Did this get released in the States in 92? Probably not, frankly. Mm -hmm. Um, you could get this, uh, for around 40 bucks, 40, 41 bucks US, uh, for the ECS OCS box version. That's the one you want, by the way. Uh, the, uh, CD32 version is going for around 34 bucks and these are confirmed prices. This is pretty much around what they're selling for. So I'm assuming this game didn't probably sell a ton. And so it, it is uh, uh, one of your rare titles. I can't imagine them selling too many of these, especially the CD32 version. It Like you said, that is a travesty to try to put this on the CD system pretty fairly untouched and, and then go from there. That explains a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, Aaron. Well, let's leave Fire Force behind us and move on to our uh, Amigos community updates for this week. Why don't we head on over to the old uh, Amigos Retro Gaming YouTube channel. What's been going on over there, man?
1: Well, we had a we had a, a few things drop this week, uh, Boatster. Uh, let's start with now. We moved some stuff around this week in a release, so we're going to start with what me and the Brent covered uh, last week, uh, Boat. And what we covered last week was, an, it, was an uh, week it was an interesting week because it was interesting because I didn't know what anything about these games, stealth games. Uh, and I had to go uh, much further up the line that I would normally go uh, for these games because I didn't realize how how really how few of these were around in the retro era. Uh, at least mm-hmm. uh, uh, now I tried to be clever and come and try to find something that no one had heard of stealth, but I really couldn't come up with much to be honest with you. And so what I went with was a game on the PlayStation called Tinchu, which I'd heard a lot about. It was actually pretty fun boat. In some ways it's a little bit like uh, the game we did on uh, the show today. This was an early three D title and it had its own ca- control issues, and it had camera issues, and some other wackiness. But, I mean, underneath all that, it was a pretty interesting game, and it really stuck to the whole ninja vibe of it. Brent uh, ended up playing a-, a whole other game here, 005, which is an arcade game uh, that you always see if you've got a MAME cabinet because it's one of the first games that comes up when you hit mm-hmm, <laughs> so It's said. Mm-hmm. Had you ever played 005 before? Never.
0: Never. Yeah. I've never played this one.
1: It's a spy game, which has basically one. This was thought to be the earliest one of the earliest uh, versions of what a stealth game would be, where you sneak around uh, in bo- around these crates as these guys chase you with flashlights. But Brent covers this other game that, and I and I watched a documentary on this. So it was quite interesting, but it was called. Uh, it was basically a game called Shoplifting Boy, uh, where mm-hmm. you run around and try to shoplift at a Seven Eleven. It was written in Japan on, I believe, it was the Commodore PET uh, back in the day. And this is a real interesting story how this uh, came about. So if you're into these sort of stealth games, we go over like some of the more high points and when they took off. I, we had a good time with this. I learned a lot about stealth games uh, too, Boatster. So not necessarily my favorite genre, but still interesting uh, to uh, fool with. Boat, let's talk about the Coco. Yeah, man. Uh, you want, you want Why don't you show people what we were up to here on uh, the Coco show this week?
0: So this week we played the uh, Rescue on Fractalus. Uh, of course, this game is probably most famous on the uh, Atari 8-bit computers, but it's a little-known fact outside the Cocoa community that the uh, the Coco 3 did get a release of Rescue on Fractalus several years after the original Atari 8-bit release, and it's uh, pretty good. It's pretty yeah, it good. Is. The uh, the uh, the uh, the animation is pretty smooth, especially if you play the uh, L. Curtis Boyle reprogrammed version uh, for the 6309. It really looks good. Um, but uh, oh, it's, uh, yeah, it's I was amazing. surprised because I, I'd never really seen the Coco 3 push this hard in terms of rendering a, you know a, a 3D environment before. <laughs> So I, I was yeah. pretty impressed with this game on, on the good old Coco, um, and uh, of course, you know, it being a Coco three game is very, very colorful, and uh, yeah, it's it's definitely worth checking out. I'm gonna have to try the ZX Spectrum version of this game at some point just to see how it stacks up.
1: Yeah, I will say the uh, the Coco three version it really is top shelf. Like we mm-hmm. talked about, it came out several years after the other versions, and they took that extra time and they they spiced it up considerably in yeah. terms of the layout of the of the cockpit of your ship. And with Curtis's little hack, yeah, the speed difference is—I mean, it's remarkable. It's very welcome, I might add. Um, let's talk about our good buddy, the Flaxter Jack Flack. Uh, I was—I was present for this uh, interesting stream from just a few days ago, where the Flaxster goes through and plays a ton of different Joust clones mm. on the uh, C64. Now, you know, there's a there's a, a continual. Joust controversy on the Cocoa side of things, but which you've stirred yeah. the pot on a few times.
0: The old Lancer uh, versus Buzzard Bait debate. And of we course, you know, Pegasus. I would go with neither of those and go yeah. right for the, the Phantom and the Mesa Pegasus. I don't yeah, think Pe- any of those were the Phantom in the private, Riders. Yeah. And yeah. It,
1: but uh, uh, actually, this is the Pegasus on the uh, <laughs> C64 here. Really? Let's Boy, that track. looks
0: horrible. Is that the official port of Joust on no, the C64? No, no, we haven't got there yet. Oh, this okay. is.
1: Now this is a some sort of satanic uh, bird-based shooter that he played. I thought this actually looked pretty cool. That he, looked pretty good. Yeah, they man. mocked this relentlessly. It is wacky. <laughs> then you've got this where you actually play the egg. Uh, mm. Yeah, uh, you can see these are real goofy. Then yeah. you get there's the Pegasus game I was telling you about. This is the Pegasus. Uh, but
0: that's not Pegasus in the Phantom Riders. That's just that's called, I think it's just called of... Pegasus. No, it's yeah. not the same. Yeah.
1: Then you've got the uh, uh, this looks pretty good here. Uh, right here you've got but these are like you're playing dragons or something and then there's a few more and then ultimately i think that let me see i think that is that the official one or that's the official one uh, okay few, well, very
0: similar to the atari 8 bit a sure.
1: few years ago uh, uh they found uh, atari had com- done this but it hadn't completed it and so someone actually completed it so it was a real good stream and i learned a lot about uh, uh i learned a lot about joust clones on the ccc4 and of course jack flack uh, always entertaining. I recommend that highly. I always recommend his uh, streams; are always good. Here's one boat. This came out of nowhere. Zenad Canines Amigos High Score Challenge video from Top Hat Willie. Can you explain this one to us?
0: So, uh, this week's Amigos uh, High Score Challenge, which I guess we can talk about now since we're talking about it, yeah. is Top Hat Willie. This is a, a manic miner homage. And, of course, Z9K9, uh, being the games master that he is, did one better than everybody else in the competition and actually beat the game and recorded his playthrough. So he, he found all 135 or so of the, the items that you need to complete the game. And uh, this is just, you know, this is an exercise in, uh, in steady, a steady hand, yeah. nerves of steel, and unquenchable patience to do something like this, man.
1: <laughs> I like how you put that. I know he go. I watched a good chunk of this today over lunch, and uh, this game looks exceptionally difficult. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> looks exceptionally difficult. Uh, but it looks interesting. You got to give Z nine. I mean, he's the man. Like I said, enough said. I hopefully we're gonna see more of these. Maybe show us a little bit of his technique. Uh, excellent stuff there. Um, here we go. We mentioned this uh in the pre-show, boat. Uh, Hermsky's latest offering here on the Grange Hills, ZX Spectrum adventure game. Now. This is based on a TV show. Uh, i would never heard of the show, but have you heard of it? A BBC nope. TV series. I I've either. never
0: heard of Green Chill.
1: I know this has got a, it's some kind of school-based gimmick. I'm sure people mm-hmm. out there are laughing, but we don't know what it is. You know, we're not from around here. Uh, but this looks. I was watching this playthrough, and man, this is a, a, a this ain't some light-hearted romp. There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff going on in this game. This uh, is an interesting game because it is
0: half. There's a there's a text parser. But then there's also a lot of action. This is definitely not one of those games where you are, um, you know, you're you're indirectly controlling the character on the screen. You're moving around, doing stuff. Yeah. But then there's also like there's there's the graphical description of the screen. There's a text description. There's a timer and there's a text parser. There's yeah. a lot going on in this thing.
1: This sort of remind. Remember that crazy? Uh, was it a werewolf game we put on the ZX or a vampire game? Yeah, werewolf or, game. Yeah. Uh, this. Uh, that's kind of right. This has better graphics. The yeah, and that game great. wasn't a
0: text game at all. That game was well, just straight up. you're right. Up but I mean,
1: just, but just, I'm talking about this guy walks around the city. He mm-hmm. goes under the school. He does, mm-hmm. he goes up on roofs. You know, he goes everywhere. Uh, this looks like, I don't know how anybody can even remember all this stuff, but the Her- Hermsky can. He's the, he's the Mac daddy. So if you're familiar with Grange Hill, uh, uh, this may be right for you or you just want to watch Hermsky go to work. I don't think this is a complete playthrough, as I recall. I think he, said, I think he was going to pick up uh, some of it there. But uh, it looks good. It looks good stuff, and uh, I'm sure you will enjoy it. So check that out. Uh, last uh, but not least, certainly not least, something else we, all talked, we all talked about in the pre-show. This is our good buddy, Frodo and L. And this was an epic stream, Boat, if I may say. This was almost four straight hours of... <laughs> Our good pal. Look at his face. You can tell he's getting he's, psyched. He's up. chomping at the bit to get into this stuff. He's but he, as bug-eyed as you'll see Frodo as he goes to work on continual Manic Minor playing 12 different systems of Manic Minor. And let me tell you something. If you ever watch any of my streams, you'll see me go in here and attempt to play these different games, and I'll go in there and suck at him and then discreetly move on, boat. You know, because right. I'm no good. Frodo won't take no for an answer. He goes in there and rocks these games. Uh, he goes in there. He's a good hand. He's a great hand at Manic Miner, and he is. And he amazingly adapts himself to these different systems pretty quick. Because some of these different versions are very dissimilar to one another, mm-hmm. you know. And so you have to really go in there and, and change your, the way you do. So that the timings are all different, you know. Uh, and sometimes the routes are different. Sometimes the boards are totally different. I watched a good chunk of this. Uh, stream. I remember the day he did this. I was, This was the talk of the town uh, when he put this together. So this is... I've been waiting for this to pop up. So if you want to see Frodo at his best, at his very best, I urge you, I strongly urge you to check this out. And also, it's neat to see the different versions of Manic Miner. A very few games from back in the day, can say that they were ported as many systems as Manic Miner. I think there's even a few he didn't get, but he got. I think he got the majority of them. Yeah. And I think you guys will find this a very interesting and entertaining as well. Good stuff from Frodo, our good pal.
0: Now, over on the Amigos Retro Gaming Discord server, we still have our continuous high score challenges going on. We already talked about Top Hat Willie, uh, but we didn't talk about our Specky High Score Challenge, which is run by Frodo NL himself. Yeah. Uh, this month's game is The Addams Family. You can get your score in. This closes uh, next week on the 19th of April. So if you're a good hand at The Addams Family on the ZX Spectrum, uh, get that score in. Get that score in, man. Yeah. All right, Aaron. We've reached the end of the community section, and now it's time to go into all of the fine, fine folks that make Amigos happen each and every week. And we're going to kick things off, as we always do, with our Twitch subscribers. We record this show live on Twitch every Friday around 5 p.m. West by God time. And uh, you can watch us live, twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming. And you can click that subscribe button and help us out a lot, just like Macintosh Librarian. Mitsuyama Pints and Amiga O-ROM Eor 4077 Frodo NL Daw Crabs MTG Yolo Wookie, Level Lord Pixels of Dawn Gaming Drummer Texas Footballer Uber Scuba Diver Jason Warns 48K RAM RetroJerry, Retro Jerry Lord Soup Piplo Rob O'Hara Negsol Wide World of Retro Mi Steph Superfama King Memories of a Spectrum Gamer Jigglebox Captain Chaos DK Buck Owens, RetroRewind.ca, John Marshall3, Gary Heather, Still Adolescent, Blue Train, and Super Tech Boy. So, thank you guys so much for subscribing to uh, our Twitch channel. And of course, if you like what we do and you want to help us, please consider supporting the show on Patreon. You get all kinds of benefits, including access to our Amigos Retro Gaming Discord server, all the high score challenges. Plus, uh, you get mentioned in the Patreon song. Of course, there's other things like getting to actually help pick the games we play every week. But really, everybody just wants to be in the song. You know that by now, Aaron. Mm-mm, mm-mm. So, Aaron, uh, last week's Patreon song challenge winners. Uh, well, last week's song was, of course, Maggie May" by Rod Stewart. Oh, man. Uh, we had uh, lots of correct responses. Rob, Flack, O'Hara, right out of the gate. Uh, with the correct response. Jigglebox also got it right. Mitsuyama, the slow Norris, R-Typer, Pac-Billy, David Z, and Figgy, CTZ, all got it correct. If you know this week's Patreon Song Challenge, please send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com and I'll read your name as a winner on next week's show. Let's hit it, man.
2: Seth Yates, Alistair Fiend, Christian Russell, David Z, George Rosansky. <laughs> the Amiga Show, Daniel Crabtree, Super King, Crazy Loomis, William Venter Scott. Heavy systems Inc. Bundy Frank Lord Mark by Lando permsky Jonah A.K. Samuel and Alien Breeder David Lars Raptor Boy, Lane Denson. Luke and John Cook, bomb the bass. Frodo and Nelson soul incisor. Tech Mage, Jürgen Mr. Cola. Daniel Williams, Bernard Lucas. Jerry Dennington. Zorglub, Reflection, Simon, Ledge. Cap'n, Crispy, Killabytes, bites. Kathy. Gary, Heather, Free Lunch, Kate, Fox, David, Pickford, Cameron, Armstrong. Andy Jones, Lobstrom, and Ten Minute, Amiga, Retrocast, Bernard Quinn, R.M.C., Tim Drew, Simon Rose, Joseph Harrison, Kyle Eddard, Rob O'Hara, Matthew Laramore, Randy Craig, Sean Sobark, Bid Rolling Bird, The monster the zombie Leave Kayla Alan Kebab Choke Chekote Leather Low John Marshall Matthew Claire on Ricky Road Hook Creepy Dead Boy Piggy CD Z the Solo Norris, Stephon Sorgard, Mortensen, Edwin Helen Blindo, 75, Christopher Hassel, Ravi Abbott, Grassballs, Lauren Giroux, Grand Key, e, Adam Battersby, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Gary Hucker, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles, Tapes from the Crib, Josh Nett, Adam Bradley, Jonas, Ruler, THT, Eric Nelson, Kim Tommy, Humboldt Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Warren's Pixels at Dawn, your your barman.
1: Horrible! <laughs> Thank you. Horrible. So uh, That was a if beautiful, you, uh, sweet song, and then again, you came to town.
0: If you know the answer, just send me an email at johnatamigospodcast.com. Now, before we go, Aaron, I would be remiss not to recognize all the fine, fine folks that have joined us live in the chat room right now. Um, so we're going to start off at the top, Aaron. We're going to start off with our awesome moderators who wield the ban hammer like none other. Duncan Styles and Pixels of Dawn Gaming. Of course, we also want to thank Pix for being the Amigos Game Selection Committee uh, leader, the chairman, if you will. But we've also got Amiga Live with us. We got uh, Bark Bit, Bitstorm, Blow Jellyfish, Brock 101, Buck Owens, Carbob, Christian Russell, Cobrian, Commander Root, Edvin Helland, Eeyore, 4077, Frodo and L, Jigglebox, Great Algae, Hamo 01, Hermsky, Level Lord, Jason Warren's Cool, 1978, Laserdisc, L, Curtis Boyle, All Hail, Mitsuyama, Negsol, OROM, Picard 2010, RTyper, RetroRewind.ca, RetroFox, Rob O'Hara, Stygian Sticks, Super Tech Boy, TomToms, Tucson's, VK, Vigoro Pros, Wishbone, and Yanni Yak. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. You know, Aaron, episode 300 of Amigos is only four short weeks away, man.
1: Oh my. Who would thunk it? Yeah. Who would have thunk it, Boat?
0: Guys, we are still thinking about things to do for the show. So if you want to tweet at me with an idea, if you want to put it on the uh, in the Discord on the Amigos 300 channel, put an idea in the spreadsheet, we're going to have a drawing live on the air. We're gonna give away Amigos retro gaming keychains uh to as many as we've got. We're gonna give them away. I don't know how many are in my bag, uh, but we're gonna give them away. And uh, and so if you want to get entered into the drawing, all you have to do is suggest a topic for us to talk about on the three hundredth episode. We will not have a game that week. It'll just sort of be uh just your, you know, your typical kind of, you know, egotistical navel gazing that all podcasts do when they reach a
1: milestone. We're gonna take it to the next level, boat. We're just gonna gaze in each other's eyes for an hour. That's it.
0: <laughs> All right. Now, Aaron next week it is the boat and Aaron choice week on amigos. So oh, this okay. rolls around every once in a while and next week's game is a game that I picked. No! Next week Aaron, you're going to love this cuz I request this is I always request this whenever you do a stream. No. Action action No, maybe. Yeah. Ac- no, action <laughs> fighter. I don't believe that that's true. I don't...
1: Action Fighter? What is Action Fighter? I'm glad you selected Action Fighter as your pick, Boat. I was expecting much worse. Oh,
0: this is Action Fighter. Yeah, it is Action Fighter. I was thinking of Action Biker, which I didn't want. But this is Action Fighter, which I do want. So I'm glad. I'm patting myself on the back for picking the game that I wanted to play. It sounds like
1: that lobotomy went through, Boat. (laughs) What the hell's- you picked the game, you knucklehead! You Listen, don't know your own game.
0: I don't know what's going on.
1: What's action fighter? Is that it?
0: Yeah, action. Okay, fighter. got it. Action action sounds fighter. good to me. Yeah. So, at any rate, thank you guys as always for listening, and we will see you next week with another episode of Amigos. Until then, adios. adios.